0: to the love lab podcast a safe place to get real about sex whether you're a man woman single or couple this is the show for you we are your hosts kevin anthony and celine remy and we are here to guide you to go from good to
1: amazing in the bedroom and beyond
0: all right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 269 and it is titled, These are the qualities that women love in men. Now, I did an episode a while back somewhat similar to this and I think I called it, this is This Is what women really want in men or something like that. Uh, I'll, I'll have it linked in the description below. Um, and that was really my take on what I thought women wanted from my own personal experience in my own relationships, from you know being with Celine for so many years. This was a conversation we talked about a lot. It was something that she helped her clients with a lot, and of course, my own coaching clients. But today, I have a guest, which you can see with me in the studio, I'll introduce in a moment. And she has her own take on this. And what, why I thought this was such a great episode to do is because you're going to hear it straight from a feminine woman. What is it that she, as a representative of women, and of course she doesn't speak for all women, but as a, as a representative of what most women want in men, you're going to hear it straight from her mouth. And I think that this is a conversation that really needs to be had these days because there's been so much backlash over the last few years towards men. There's been so much pressure from society where they are uh, emasculating men, uh, looking down on their role, making them look like buffoons in every TV show and movie that you see. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy only for men, but it's not healthy for relationship dynamics and it's not healthy for society as a whole. And so I think that this conversation is important in bringing balance back into this discussion about what does it mean to be a healthy man and what is it that women are actually looking for in a healthy man. So that's the discussion we're going to have today. I think it's going to be really interesting. But before we do that, Quick word from our sponsor, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The men's sexual mastery program you have heard about on this show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and a PDF to see if there's anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there is also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go to powerandmastery.com. And that is powerandmastery.com. So we're going to be having a discussion here today about what women really want in men. I don't know that we'll touch too much on the sexual piece of it, but I can tell you what Women Want in Men Sexually, is all in that course. So go to powermastery.com <laughs> right now. You will find exactly what you need to know. Okay, so today I have with me, and I'm going to read from the paper here today, Karen, who is a writer and contact... Con- content content creator (laughs) champions for a return to the traditional values that honor our inner nature as men and women. She believes in celebrating the good in others, which she does through her storytelling and most recently her series of Instagram videos on the things I love and adore about men. Well, welcome to the show, Karen.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. It's an honor to be here.
0: I'm happy to have you here in the studio. I don't have too many guests physically in the studio these days. I do occasionally, but it's great that you could actually come here. No, thank you. So we're going to be talking today about things that you love in men. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because this, this all started because... You started doing some videos, which I saw on social media. Yes. Uh, and I absolutely loved what you had to say. And I actually reached out to you and said, would you be willing to come on the show and talk about this? Yes. Uh, to which you said yes. So how did, like, how and why did you end up doing this series of videos? Like, mm-hmm. could you explain to the audience what got you Uh, interested in this, why you felt like you needed to share it, how this all came about?
1: Sure. So I had a friend, a Tango partner, who started coming over to practice and we would go out and have dinner uh, as well. And I started noticing a pattern of when he would come over, he would do certain things or when we had dinner that were very impressive to me. And I... (laughs) I I woke up one day and I said, you know, I need to talk about this because men's spirits have been broken and beaten down so much over, I would say, the last few decades, actually. And I've definitely noticed that pattern and I have been wanting to do something to help restore those broken spirits in men and to help uplift them. And one morning I woke up and I thought, I, I need to share all of the things that this particular man was doing that I felt was him going above and beyond uh, that were very impressive. And so I shot that first video, actually, and um, it's a story you know, I can share in a little bit as we go further down the show. And you had actually reached out to me shortly after I posted that first video, and that was when I knew that I was onto something.
2: hmm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I definitely think that that you were on something because and we were talking a little bit about this in the studio before. Mm-hmm. Everything hit record, right? But yeah. what I see, I'm paying attention to a broad range of, you know, media and people who are talking about all kinds of things, you know, whether it's geopolitics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And What I see is, yes, I see all of that um, sort of emasculating of men and, you know, I mean, even like you said, decades, like going back into the 80s, married with children, Al Bundy Mm -hmm. was the big buffoon, right, who was constantly being made fun of. Yes. You see that in many, many, many TV shows and movies. The, the guy is an idiot. He has no idea what he's doing. He's Homer Simpson. He's Al Bundy. He's mm-hmm. whatever. And it's always the women behind him who are fixing everything that he screws up, right? So there has been this pattern, this agenda of emasculating uh, men for a long time. Yes. But what I see when I look at, say, the geopolitics or you know the culture in general is that the overwhelming majority of people, both men and women, don't believe that Mm -hmm. and, and, and don't see that as being right. And so they don't have the voice that, you know, the media and Hollywood has, and they have a vested interest in showing men as that way. So they have this giant megaphone and they get to share their opinion all over the place. But I don't think that's how most people feel. And that's why I felt it was important to have this conversation and to bring you on the show because I wanted to give a voice to what I think the majority of people in this country and and outside this country, too. I mean, I'm somewhat closely connected to Europe because I have a lot of family in Europe. Um, So I I kind of have an idea what's going on over there, too. Not nearly as well as what's happening in the U.S., but... Mm -hmm. But I see that they value this more traditional masculine-feminine dynamic as well. So I want to be able to give a voice to that. That's why you're here today. And I know there's there's probably going to be a bunch of people who are listening to this going, How come you're not doing one about the things men love about women? actually, I had that thought today. And I was like, (laughs) I will do that show. I don't know if I will do it next week, but I will do that show coming up based on my own thoughts of what I really love and value and appreciate about women. So we will have that conversation. So just calm down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I do think it's important for men to hear what uh, women love and appreciate about men from a woman because they're just not hearing it right now. We are hearing a lot of people complaining and fussing over all the things that men are doing wrong. Um, and I also think that unfortunately, a lot of women have begun to take men for granted, and society had, and the media has. have had very strong messaging about men's value uh in society right now what men should be doing and should not be doing and even men there's lots of videos on you know from men talking about what men should be doing to become better men um And I think that feels very corrective and in some cases very shaming, unfortunately. I wanted men to hear something from a woman that was really just focusing on the positives and all the beautiful and amazing things that they are doing, everything that they're doing that is right, that is needed and desired right now. We're not hearing enough of that.
0: I completely agree. Now, and I I do want to state for the people listening, this doesn't mean that uh, men are perfect, or yeah. that they're infallible <laughs> in any way. What we're choosing to do here is focus on the positives because we want to encourage more of that. And I agree; it's best to hear it directly from a woman. So let's mm-hmm. let's just dive right in, then. Sure. With number one, uh, and these are these are these are ten things that we're going to go over today, uh, and these are sort of your headings. And so I want you to explain what you sure. mean by them because you wrote them, I didn't. Sure. Number one: Men are easy to operate.
1: Yeah, I, I stand by this pretty, pretty strongly. And Kevin, please time and let me know your, your oh, thoughts on this. <laughs> so in general, I have learned over the years that men really are pretty easy to operate. Uh, as long as you are clear, you're direct, you're open, you're honest. Uh, if you just tell a man what you want, he will pretty much deliver it for you most of the time. Now, this isn't 100% foolproof, of course, but I find that men in general are easy to operate from that standpoint. Uh, secondarily, I'll tell a little story about a date that I had that really impressed me. Uh, the man had contacted me. Yeah, you know, we met online, so he set up the date, and I was very impressed with how he set up the date. He picked out a fabulous restaurant. Um, he he arrived early. He sent me a text message letting me know when he was there and you know how to find him. And so when I arrived, I was giving him active feedback on, oh my goodness, thank you so much for showing up early. I love it when a man shows up early like this. Your restaurant choice is absolutely fantastic. I love this restaurant. I was just being very appreciative of everything he was doing that was really working for me. So he was getting active feedback at the beginning of the date. And I noticed that that was sparking in him a continuation. Like you could see his energy building as he realized that he was being acknowledged and appreciated for things that most women wouldn't even call out. They wouldn't even notice it or they might not even say anything. Um, so I was just appreciating everything he was doing. And I noticed this throughout the time that we dated that he would just do more of things that he knew that I would be appreciative of.
0: Yeah. Well, so as men, you know, we we say all the time, we're not mind readers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we want to know, see, this is the thing, like as a guy, if you were to just hand us the female manual and say, yeah. here you go, here's the manual. We would go, awesome, great, yeah, I'm going to read this because I don't want to have to try to figure this all out on my own. Yeah. Right? So so as men, getting that feedback really mm-hmm. helps us know that what we're doing is working and we're doing the right things. And we honestly, genuinely, you know, with few exceptions, like, you know, the pickup artist crowd or whatever, but in general, regular men really do want to do I, what's right, but not. We want to do what makes you happy. We we want to yes. please you. We want to help you as best we can. And when when you give us feedback, that helps us do that. Mm, so hundred percent. So yes, and then to your point about men are easy to operate, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I I say this all the time, especially to female clients when I'm working with them. I'm like, you're overcomplicating it. We're really not that complicated. (laughs) We're not. Women, yes, women are complicated. Men, not so much. We're pretty straightforward, right? We just need to know what to do.
1: Yeah, and I think that where I have failed as a woman in my relationships is where I have not been as clear and direct and where I was hoping or expecting the man would just do the right thing or would do, figure out what would really touch my heart or what would be important and valuable to me. So this was a hard lesson for me to learn. Now, I do recognize that learning how to be a, you know, a woman or a feminine woman or masculine man is an art form. It's something that takes time. You know, it can take a lifetime to develop what that means for you personally and to refine it so that we can truly be the most effective partners for each other but that was something that I'm starting, you know, I figured out later in life and I'm still working on that. But,
0: well, you know, most people operate from the point of view of everybody's just like me. Yeah. Right, that's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and, and we do it too. Like you know, I, I have I have a guy friend who does the same thing all the time. He always assumes that however he would do something or however he would like something is the way that I would do it or like it, which is yeah. actually rarely the case with the <laughs> two of us. <laughs> but but women will do that too. Many women, unless they've learned, mm-hmm. will assume. That the man operates the same way that she does and will automatically know these things. Yes. We operate completely differently and we absolutely don't know these things. Now, we can learn, right, mm-hmm. as we go through life, as we have more relationships, maybe we've done some courses, we learn how to interpret the signs and symbols but that's not always 100% foolproof, right? Mm-hmm. So the more that you can know what you want and then express it to us, yes. the way easier it is for us.
1: And I find that with a lot of men, I can say something once and they will immediately make that that change. Yeah. Well, and it's it's easy. And you know, if you tell a man, "Hey, I love it when you open my car door. I love it when you escort me down the the, the street in this manner. You know, you're keeping me protected from sketchy things, you know, happening on the sidewalk." then the man can extrapolate that to mean oh she likes it when i behave in a very traditional manner and so he will continue to think and find more things that you can do that are traditional that will absolutely delight you
0: yeah you're you're absolutely right most of us when we when we hear that feedback will make corrections right away mm-hmm. now we might forget from time to time until yes. it becomes a new habit but we will we will try right yes. Every once in a while, you know, I I have a friend uh, who was dating this man for over a year and she kept making certain requests over and over again. And he kept saying, yes, yes, yes. But then he would never actually do it. Hence, they are not seeing each other anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah. they're—I think—they're more of the outliers. Most men will try at least, even if they don't get it right every time, they'll at least try to honor those requests.
1: I agree, and it's good to you know just always give grace. You know, no, never forget that. I think that's a characteristic that we've lost sight of—just the art of giving grace to another human being. Mm. This is a good place to do that.
0: Okay, number two. Mm-hmm. They take care of the details, and you started to mention this with your story already, but elaborate on on what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, so I'll go back to my tango partner. One of the first things, when he first came over to, you know, do a little dance practice and go out to dinner, one of the things that he did when he walked in, he noticed that the trash was full. And so as we were walking out, we passed by that trash can, and he said, wait, hold on, I got to take care of this. And he went and took the trash out, and I got to tell you, I was really delighted that he did that. It was such a mundane detail of me taking care of my, my home, and, you know, as a girl, I mean, yeah, I can take care of the trash myself, but... There was something that really delighted me about him saying, hey, I see something that needs to be taken care of, and and he, he dealt with it. Um, another example of it, honestly, is like with coming to the studio with you, when we had originally talked about doing the show, there was the option of doing it via zoom or coming in studio. I live close enough to come by. So I did. And I was curious as to like, okay, so what do I need to do? Um, you know, do I need to show up early to, you know, help set things up or get things calibrated and whatnot? And Kevin was just like, I've got everything taken care of. All I need you to do is just show up. Like everything is set up. All the details are already, um, handled.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, from, from a guy's point of view, and this is speaking mostly for myself, but I think it applies for most. Um, I enjoy taking care of the yeah. details. And, and I know that some guys see that as, like, why well, do I got to do all the work, right? Mm-hmm. I, what I want to really say is I, you need to reframe that. You need to reframe that. It's not you doing all the work, it's you creating an environment. That allows her to relax into her feminine, because when she does that, she's going to give back to you in more ways than you can possibly count or understand. Absolutely. But she can't do that if she's constantly worried about all the things that you're not taking care of, and then she has to get into her masculine in order to take care of them. You know, a great example, just from my relationship with Celine, is
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, we used to do a fair amount of like traveling and, and camping trips, and literally. I would take care of everything. I would make sure we had all the gear. I would pack everything. I would load the truck. The only thing that she had to take care of if we were going on a trip was the food because she was a big foodie Mm -hmm. and a big chef and she loved to take care of that. So I said, great. You just take care of you. Make sure that we've got everything we need, you know, to have amazing meals while we're gone and I will handle everything else. And she loved it. But here's the funny thing. Before we were together, we were friends for a few years and I always thought she hated camping. Like, I just, the little bits and pieces I had heard from conversations are just like, I thought she hated it. And when we got together, I was like, ah, oh, man, that's such a bummer because I love going camping, you know? And then, it, then one day we're having this conversation. She's like, no, I actually love camping. And I'm like, well, then what was with all the things? She's like, well, mm-hmm. because the partner I was with, didn't take care of the details, and it always became a burden for her to have to do all that. But once she yes. was in a relationship where somebody was taking care of all those details, she loved it.
1: Yes, yes. I, my, my ex-boyfriend had a inflatable boat that we would take out, mm-hmm. and so anytime we would take it out, there would be all these, you know, logistics. You know, you got to inflate the thing and then attach all the the motors and the parts and all that stuff. And you know, we would bring a speaker and, you know, just sometimes bring food and whatnot. And so he was really good at. You know, taking a process that has a lot of details and a lot of extra work just to get this boat out into the water. But he would make sure that he brought the speaker, that the speakers were charged, that he had you know the life jacket and, and one for me as well. And so pretty much all I had to do was he showed up, I got in the car. And then once we got down to the water, he would really take the lead in getting everything set up. And then I would be there to support and assist and Eventually I learned how to do more and more of the the process so I could, you know, my my role was to be the first mate. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I appreciated that he really was taking care of all of those mundane details that would have honestly just slipped my mind. And really all I had to do was just show up and enjoy being with him and support him and do whatever I could to make his job as easy as possible.
0: Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm offering the men who are listening a reframe here which is don't think of it as you have to do all the work. Think of it as you are creating the space for her Mm -hmm. to be able to relax into her feminine. And, And believe me, it's going to come back to you in ways that are far more important to you than the fact that you had to spend an extra twenty minutes loading the car.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I really would make sure that I was I was also the person who always you know prepared all the the food for the the boat, and I'd make sure that he had enough sunscreen on him. So it allowed me to really put a focus on him to make sure that he was also provided for as well in ways that were meaningful to him as well.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So number three. Being the hero. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. So I have a fun little story about this. Uh-huh. And so the um, a friend of mine, we, we went out for dinner one night, and we were sitting next to a table with a, a group of ladies. And at one point during the dinner, there was some commotion. The ladies got very excited. And it turned out there was a huge spider web and a big spider hanging right over their, their patio table, right uh-huh. over their, their dinner. And so the ladies got very excited as everyone was trying to figure out what to to do. And the guy that I was with figured out immediately what was happening. And he jumped up, grabbed a napkin and took care of the spider, disposed of it, sat back down. And we continued our dinner. Well, when he did this, the entire table just like exploded. Like he was the hero of the day. And this interesting part of the story was that before he had got up, there was another man who had stood up. I think he might've been with the, the group of ladies and he had stood up and he was standing there and he was kind of just staring at the spider web and trying to figure out like what to do with it. And the guy that I was with noticed that that guy wasn't doing anything and he saw what the problem was and he just immediately stepped up and dealt with it. And it took him like what, three seconds to do this and it made him a hero for this group of ladies. I think there's lots of things that men can do that take very little effort uh, or very little time that can actually kind of save the day for for somebody or save the moment for for another person.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the important points to sort of reiterate which you've already mentioned here is that when a woman says she wants you to be her hero,
2: mm-hmm.
0: she's not asking you to be Superman. Yeah. She's not <laughs> asking you to fly in from the sky and destroy the bad guy necessarily, <laughs> but it's the little thing, possibly. But, yeah,
1: I would like that. I but would like but that. not necessarily,
0: right? Because like, that's, you know, guys think, oh, hero, like, what do I got to do? Like, go enlist in the military and start, you know, yeah. shooting the bad guy. No, it's the little things. Like, literally taking care of a spider could make you a hero. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you were in a situation where you needed to defend her physically, she would want you to be the hero there, too. But, yes. but don't think that that is always the expectation. You could be the hero by taking out the
1: trash. Yes. Yeah, the other favorite thing I have, and this happens to me every single time I get on a plane. I hate to admit it, but I always pack way too much, but I'm convinced that I can... You know, just put my suitcase up in that overhead compartment. I can never do it by myself. So I'm coming down the aisle and I get to where my seat is and I look up and I start getting nervous and everyone around me can see me because my eyes are looking wide. I'm not looking confident at all. The line is backing up behind me. And I got to tell you, every single time this situation happens, there is a man who sees me and he jumps up and he takes care of it for me. And in that moment, he is being my hero. He is kind of saving me from trying to operate. Because trust me, it never goes well. Like when I've attempted it, like it's looking real sketchy, right? So it can literally just take a few seconds and be something so small that the man will completely forget about later. But the woman will be like, oh my God, thank you so much. You saved me.
0: Yeah. You know, so I, I've actually done that on airplanes numerous times for <laughs> elderly ladies yes. or, you know, even younger ladies who are either too short or their suitcase is too heavy, whatever it is. And the way I always looked at it was, and I'll use an example. So I had a I had a friend who's I, I won't say his name because he's he's very well known and very involved in in the political circles and things like that. But uh, he was over one day. Uh, he's a friend of Selena and I, and we were talking about this was before I was even doing this coaching work stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day he looks at me and he says, "If you have knowledge." that can help people yeah. and you don't share it. You're an asshole. Yes, Th- that, that's I, literally what he said. I agree. And, and so <laughs> I, I say that as an example because like using your plain uh, story, mm-hmm. it's like, here's somebody who maybe doesn't have the strength necessary to do this, mm-hmm. but I do. It's super easy for me. Yes. Like I can easily just pick that thing up. It, it, it's almost no effort for me whatsoever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: honestly, I would be an asshole not to <laughs> lend the skills that I have to someone who doesn't have them.
1: Yes, yes, right? I completely agree. I have an ex-boyfriend who he, he did this all the time when we would be out. If you ever saw someone who looked like they needed help, like maybe we would be walking by. Uh, someone who was trying to load something really bulky and heavy and awkward into their car, and he would just jump up and say, "Hey, let me help you with that." He saw someone who needed help carrying something heavy or needed assistance, e- even if it was simple things like just holding the door for them um, as they were trying to, you know, get five kids through the door or whatever.
0: So h- here's an interesting thing about that: is okay. We're talking about the masculine-feminine dynamic, here. yeah. But let's let's zoom out a little bit. Sure. How much better would life be mm-hmm. if everybody operated in that mode? Now, I completely agree. I don't know how old you are. I don't want to make any assumptions. But I know I personally am old enough to remember when life was like that.
1: Yeah, we're so, we're we're the same age actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you, you you've mentioned that your age in other podcasts. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I I'm the same place. Yeah.
0: I, I didn't want to make any assumptions. <laughs> I got a lot more gray going on over here. I don't have any yet. <laughs> but but i am old enough to remember when life was like that i'm old enough to remember Mm -hmm. when you know you were out in your driveway fixing your car and your neighbor would come over and stick his head under the hood and say what's going on you need some help yeah let me roll up my sleeves and get greasy with you yeah right like that was normal and we've lost that in our society and here's the thing Mm -hmm. your relationships are not isolated from the rest of life and world right yeah so if you've fix this dynamic in your relationship, then you'll notice that you'll start doing these things outside of your relationship, which Mm -hmm. will be affecting the world as a whole in a positive way. Same thing in reverse. If you were to just start doing those things, say in your work relationships and your friend relationships, you'd probably notice that you start doing them in your personal relationships as well. So this is so much bigger than just how we relate with one another. Mm -hmm. It really expands out into how we relate to the world
1: itself. And I want to mention something here, too, that women love being with the hero. So when you are with a man who is helping out, whether it's another man or a woman or an elderly person, when you are the woman who that man is coming back to, it. It delights us. I mean, it makes me feel so proud to be with the man who is the man who's stepping up, not the man who's standing there trying to figure out like, oh, what do I do with a spider? The man who just steps up and gets it done. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I've had lots of ex-boyfriends who have behaved in that manner and it makes me incredibly proud to have that man uh, be my, my my side.
0: Yes. You know, I'll I'll add one last thing on the hero and then we have to move on because sure. we've got a lot more to cover in this <laughs> yeah. show. But Um, You know, this was something that was really near and dear to Celine's heart, Uh Um, this this idea of the man being the hero. And one of the things that she used to do, and this is a suggestion to all the ladies who are listening to Mm -hmm. this show. Celine used to go out of her way to create opportunities for me to be the hero. Nice. So this is different than, than the way I see a lot of women operating in society nowadays. In, nowadays, what I see a lot of women do is sort of challenging and mm-hmm. and uh, creating scenarios that make it difficult for mm-hmm. us to step up. I and mean, you know, like the perfect example would be you know, something happens and no matter which one we choose, we're wrong, right? And and you hear this from guys all the time. doesn't matter what I do. If I do this, I'm wrong. If I do that, I'm wrong, right? So so they create a lot of no-win situations Mm -hmm. where what Celine used to do all the time was create situations where I had the opportunity to step in for the win and show up and be the hero. So I am suggesting to you ladies that if you want your man to be a hero... Help him, create some situations, give him opportunities that allow him to really step up and do it.
1: Yeah, this isn't so much of a hero thing, but this is something that I personally love. I love when a man uh, comes after we park the car he gets out. I love it when he comes around and opens up the car door to, you know, escort me out of the car. Um, Every man I've dated for the last 15 years has done this. So I will, in fact, stay put until the man comes to collect (laughs) me. But part of why I like this is because in a way, it feels like he's my hero coming to get me. You know, there's something very delightful about that. And it gives him an opportunity to delight me every single time we go anywhere. And I never, I, I always say, I never take away a man's opportunity to do something to make me happy or to delight me. And so, yes, I can get myself out of the car. Um, It has been proven (laughs) to occur one or two times in the past, but I honestly, I love the way the man looks as he comes over. He sees how delighted I am that he's about to um, open the door and escort me out of the car. It's, it's almost like he's opening up his very favorite Christmas present every time he comes to get me.
0: Yeah, you know, that's something, that's something that prior to being with Celine, I would do occasionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But for, for whatever reason, uh, when we got together, I just started doing it every single time. Nice. Always. Nice. And, mm-hmm. and I just we talked about earlier the feedback and how that uh, mm-hmm. inspires us to keep doing these things. Seeing the reaction that she would have to that made me, well, I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like, I got to do this every single time. Yes. And I have continued to do that even for, it doesn't even matter mm-hmm. whether it's if it's my mom or, you know, just friends that, you know, we might be traveling somewhere together and, and they're female. I always open the car for any woman that is in my car and I every know. single one of them has that same reaction. Exactly. I have not found a single woman yet who was <laughs> like, when you open the car door, they light up with a smile and they love it.
1: Absolutely. And when other men see men do this, I think they have a reaction to, wow, that's a really classy thing. And so again, we love being with a man who's treating us with class. That's very impressive to us.
0: If you're not treating your woman with class, you got a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, there's nothing else in this world worth treating with class more than than your woman. I
1: mean, I agree.
0: Okay, <laughs> next one. Their sense of duty.
1: Yeah, this kind of ties into this last story about the spider. So after that happened, uh, my friend had told me that. He's actually afraid of spiders. Like, they really creep him out. Like, he does not want anything to have to do with spiders. And apparently, I don't know if this is true, but I have uh, been told that this is actually a very common fear that men have. A lot of men really hate spiders. So even though he doesn't like spiders at all, they're completely creepy to him, as soon as he realized that there was a problem and involved a spider, he jumped up and dealt with it anyway. And to me, this speaks to a man's sense of duty. I see this all the time where men don't want to do something or it scares them or there's something about it that's problematic. But even in this case with the spider, it was a hundred percent optional for him to have jumped up and dealt with it at all. He could have just averted his eyes and kept eating his enchiladas. Like there was no reason <laughs> for him to have gotten involved. But he saw that there was a problem that needed to be done, and he, his sense of duty, stepped up and said, "Someone's going to take care of this. I'm going to do it."
0: Yeah, you know this. This kind of goes back also to the example I used earlier with my friend, who said, "If you have." Uh, knowledge and information that can help people you're mm-hmm. an asshole for not sharing it it's like that's a sense of of duty which is like i have something here that could help people yeah and so yeah that you know i'm well aware that you and pretty much any other woman and i was well aware that Celine was capable of taking out the trash sure but she didn't like taking out the trash
2: Mm-mm.
0: i don't mind taking out the trash mm mm-hmm. Now, of course, it worked both ways for us, right? Because I absolutely hate vacuuming. I hate it. I don't know why. I just really despise it. Um, and she liked vacuuming. She didn't mm-hmm. mind vacuuming. Mm-hmm. So she did the vacuuming. Mm-hmm. I took out the nasty, uh, smelly trash and scooped up the dead animals in the backyard and like did yes. all of those things because they didn't bother me, but they did her, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of like, you know, when we say duty, people have this weird reaction to that word like oh somehow I'm obligated why do I have to be the one to do it because you can Mm -hmm. right because you can because it's easier for you than it is for her and and that's your your sense of duty at least to some Mm -hmm. extent
1: absolutely and I think that can expand to a variety of other things too um over the last year I had a lot of home remodeling work done and so I'd always talk to these contractors and I oftentimes would ask them so do you do you like doing this work and A lot of times, the guys would say, Well, it's not really like fun or easy. I mean, it's it's very tiring. It's, you know, physically demanding work. And, but they always say the same thing that it allows them to provide for their their family. And so there's a sense of duty in taking on a job that is dirty and gritty and that is very difficult. But they do it because they want to provide for their family and they want to give their children and their, their spouse a life that they can be proud of.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people underestimate how difficult that one particular duty you just mentioned is. I remember my dad when I was really young. Um, I, I don't remember the exact conversation we were having, but he you know, was trying to motivate a young person to like <laughs> get out there and do what needs to be done. And I remember yeah. him saying to me, You think I want to get up every day and drive drive an hour and a half to work and work all day and then drive an hour and a half home? He's like, but I do what I got to do. And I remember thinking in that in that moment, um, I'm never gonna do that. Not not (laughs) not not not, I'm never gonna do what needs to be done. I'm never gonna do the way he's choosing to do it. But I bring that up as an example to show that you know uh, that's another uh, famous line. Most people don't like what they do for a living. Like you've heard Mm -hmm. that many times. I'm sure your parents told you that too. When you were younger and working some crappy job, you didn't want to be working. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But the reality is, it's true. Most people don't actually really love what they do every single day. Like those contractors that you're speaking of. Yes. But men do feel an obligation, especially when they're married and have families, Mm -hmm. to go out and do it because that's what needs to be done.
1: Yes. Um, even a, 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 maybe somewhat related to this is I was talking to a guy and he mentioned that he works out every day at five in the morning and I thought wow that's got to be really rough and and he said yeah but you know it it needs to be done the fact that men can can embrace that level of discipline to, it's never easy for them to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I've never met a, ga- a guy who's like, oh yeah, this is super easy. I love doing this. But <laughs> they will wake up at five o'clock in the morning because that's the time when they feel it is their best hour to get in a good, solid, dedicated workout. And they do it every day. That's amazing to me. I know a lot of women who, who we tend to flow more with like our feelings, our emotions, our our mood, like, I just don't want to do it right now. And so then we don't, but for a man, that's, that's not really an option for a lot of men. They, they have a sense of duty of just doing what needs to be done.
0: Indeed we do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Number five, failure is not an option.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a, a fun one that I, I like. So I am notorious for if I'm at home and maybe I'm making something and I have a jar and I'm struggling to get that thing open. I'll just go stand outside and wait for a man to walk by and ask him if he would if he would be willing to help me open that jar. And you know, those are usually easy things, right? But I did have a situation once where I had like a flashlight where I needed to change the batteries. I was actually going on a camping trip. And I needed to change out the batteries, and I couldn't get the flashlight open. So I took it with me to work, and I handed it to one of the guys in a nearby department. I said, I don't know what's wrong. I can't figure out how to get the flashlights, the batteries out of this flashlight. I said, don't worry. I'll take care of it. And about five hours later, (laughs) (laughs) he called me and he he explained that uh, the good news was he got the batteries out. The bad news was that the flashlight had been corroded or the batteries had corroded. And so it was like, it took like three guys to figure out how to open up the flashlight and get the battery. So the flashlight got destroyed, but... For them, they knew that I needed to get those batteries out and they were going to figure it out and make it happen no matter what. And <laughs> I have found that that characteristic when a man commits to doing something, if he says, yep, I'm going to do this for you, he is going to make it happen. And I love that characteristic about it.
0: Yeah. You know, I have been guilty of that a few times too, where somebody asked me for something really simple mm-hmm. and then it turns out to be way more involved. Yeah. But you just keep going. Yeah. Cause you're just, Oh no, no, I'm going to figure this out. We're yes. going to, we're going to make this happen. Hold on. And, I, and I've had them be like, no, no, it's okay. It's like, no, no, I got another idea. Let's keep going until we solve this. Yeah. That is, that is definitely something um, that we do as men. And if you're listening, man, I just want you to uh, hear what she just said there, which was even though the flashlight in the end Mm -hmm. was done, the fact that they put so much effort into solving that problem was something she really appreciated. And this just kind of tag teams with this idea of sort of keeping your word. Like when you say you're going to do something, you actually follow through and do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so for instance, if he had taken it, and tried and couldn't get it off, and 10 minutes later said, Ah, oh, well, I, would, I don't know, it doesn't, whatever. Like, would you have felt the same way about him and the effort he put in? Absolutely not,
1: yeah. I wouldn't be telling this this story today. It doesn't make for a great, a great story. But I will tell you that even things with like the jars, I'll never forget this one kid. I went outside and it was like a jar of pasta sauce or something. And I handed it to him and he, you know, he couldn't get it first. And he just like, you know, he was getting a little frustrated that he couldn't get it open. And at one point, because the kid was like, I don't know, 14 years old, he just like threw down his backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he's like, I'm going to get this. And so he eventually got it open for me. And he hands it back to me, I'm effusive with delight, super appreciative, I let him know this. And as I'll never forget, like seeing him pick up his backpack and put it back on, and the way he strutted down that street was like (laughs) he had saved, it it was the hero thing, he was my hero that day. And so he he didn't give up, he made it happen, yes, it was just a jar of pasta sauce, but the way he was walking when I first saw him was drastically different than the way he walked away from me mm-hmm. and that was because I gave him an opportunity to do something to help me and to be successful and he nailed it
0: mm-hmm. well that's a good young man he uh, he actually took care of it and he stuck with it until he made it happen
1: yeah he probably went home and was like what else can I do lady <laughs> <laughs>
0: Makes me feel just a little bit more hopeful for the future.
1: <laughs> it, does. it does, because I do think too many people give up, and I will say that it's also inspiring for me when I see the ethic that men demonstrate, whether it is you know, going to work out every morning at 5 o'clock, or whether they are just persistent until they figure something out, or whether it is how they creatively come up with alternative solutions and figure out how to get something fixed. That's also very inspiring and motivating for me as well. And so I really appreciate that I get to kind of learn from how that man's mind works so that at a later time if i ever need to employ those skills i have them right there Mm -hmm. to draw from Mm -hmm.
0: all right so we have been through the first five we're getting a little low in the show so we'll go a little faster on the next group but gotta Mm -hmm. do a, a short break and then we'll jump back in Hey guys, you know what makes a man great. You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to. Is it money, job title, this physical body, being great in bed, a big penis, great pickup lines. What if you don't have those or you only have some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? I can help you if you are ready to make big changes and finally become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to kevinandselinecom forward slash go forward slash warrior. Link is in the description. That is kevinandselinecom forward slash go forward slash warrior. I suggest if you are not already the man that you want to be, you start by rewinding this episode and listening to the whole thing again because <laughs> cause you're getting the playbook here.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So let's keep going. Number six, uh, the way they protect women and others.
1: This is a huge one for me. Oh my goodness. You know, it's taken me some time to realize that men actually see the world differently than women do. I was, just as an example, I was at a country bar with an ex-boyfriend. And at one point, as the night got a little later, some people had entered the bar and he had been watching them, keeping an eye on them. And at one point he felt that these people were being a little sketchy and so he wanted to leave. And so he came up to me, he grabbed my hand, and he said, We're leaving right now. And I kinda of fussed. So I was like, why? I was like, I'm having a great time. Like uh, this is my favorite song. I don't want to go. And he said, No, we're, we're, we're leaving right now. And at that time, I I knew him well enough to know that he had a really good sense for these kinds of things. And so while I'm sitting there, and this is what I do anytime I go out, I'm just, Hey, oh, look how beautiful this place is decorated. Oh, look, you know, the, that person is, is so great. Oh, look how cute her dress is. Like I'm just enjoying the food or the ambiance of people. And meanwhile, the man that I'm with is probably enjoying and recognizing those things as well. But he's also keeping an eye out for anything that could be weird or sketchy. I was talking to a guy recently and I noticed that at this particular venue he was he just stayed stationed in this one space this one particular spot and I eventually realized that from that place he had a vantage point that gave him a 180 degree uh, view of everything happening He could see anyone who was entering anyone who was leaving. And so he was just keeping an eye on the entire space to make sure that nothing sketchy or weird was going on. And these are things again that, you know, men do these things naturally, women do not. And if there ever was anything sketchy that was happening, I can feel very confident that the man would pick up on it and would address it, whether it meant we are exiting the situation or he's moving us to a different part of the space and so forth. I think that's incredibly valuable.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely something I do all the time. I mean, I I don't walk into a place without immediately scanning everything that's happening. Who are the people? Where are the exits? What's going on in here? I mean, people people say, oh, you're paranoid. It's not about being paranoid. It's just about being aware of your situations. I have spent decades of my life training in multiple forms of martial arts and Mm -hmm. weapons training and firearms use. And the one thing that is always, always, always driven home in every single one of those is what we call situational awareness. Yeah. Being aware of what's happening around you. And you would be amazed at how many situations you can avoid just by being aware of what's happening and removing yourself from the situation before it turns into an issue. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times, there's a couple of great YouTube channels uh, out there where they they show, uh, it's usually like security camera footage or something of, you know, attacks or shootings or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you say, why would you want to watch that? Because the <laughs> point is they're teaching you what to look for, yeah. what to pay attention to. And you see, if you watch enough of those, you will see that the overwhelming majority of bad situations people get themselves into could have been avoided if they were simply paying attention.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I'm walking down a street and a man is watching everything that's coming up in front of us, you know, whether it's sketchy people or, you know, he, he's... Actively moving me so that he is, um, he has me on the inside, you know, as so he's on the street side and so forth. He's putting himself between me and anything that looks sketchy or suspicious or dangerous. Um, that makes me feel very, very protected. Sometimes I don't always recognize what he is doing, but when I do, I just feel so incredibly safe. I feel relaxed. I can just, instead of focusing on what's going on around me. And me watching, you know, me having to take on the burden of this situational awareness, I can just appreciate the man that I'm with. I can just focus on him and allows me to be in that super relaxed feminine energy that I love so much.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned about the, uh, uh being on the inside, like when walking mm-hmm. down the street. So, uh, I have a neighbor up the street. He's in his mid eighties by now. And Selena and I used to walk every single morning and we would always see him cause he'd be in his garage when we would walk past.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I used to, so we always used to like to be, uh, me on the right, her on the left. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the sort of masculine feminine dynamic, but in a certain direction in the street that puts her on the outside. And so, so one day our our neighbor kind of like, you know, called me out on, he's like, (laughs) he's like, she should be on the inside, you know, and, you know, he's, he's old school. This is, Mm -hmm. and, and to some extent I knew he was right, but I I had a little bit of an issue with it. My issue was this. I'm Mm right-handed. I can seal carry with my gun on the right side. Mm -hmm. And my thought process (laughs) in that moment was... If I'm holding hands with my right hand, I can't draw. And mm-hmm. even if I'm not, if I draw, I'm going to draw and sweep her, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to muzzle sweep her, which is exactly what I don't want to do. Yeah. So that was my thought process <laughs> in, in that moment. Like, I need to be able to draw in a situation and I don't want to muzzle sweep my wife. So, <laughs> But he was yeah. right. And he, he brought that to my attention. I thought, well, how can we remedy this situation? Okay, Let's go to the other side of the street walk mm, up on yeah. the other side of the street. So I'm on the outside and my right hand is still free. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I actually did a little research on that at the time uh, and found that um, the, one of the reasons why it's very traditional for the man to be on the right and the woman to be on the left, aside mm-hmm. from the whole, your right side is your masculine side, you know. Mm-hmm. Beside that, it was actually very practical in the days of swords. You drew your sword mm. with your right hand. Mm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. So, Okay. Uh, number seven, the way they compliment
1: us. Yeah, this one's pretty simple. What I've learned with men, and you'll have to tell me if uh, I'm onto something here, but I feel like a man doesn't, men don't say what they don't mean. And so when they do compliment you, it is a legit compliment. Now this is, of course, you know, not including men who are just kind of playing games with you and they're trying, you know, they have some weird intention, but I truly do believe that for most men, their intentions and their actions are coming from a good place. And so, a man may not be overly um, complimentary to you, but when he is, it carries real weight. I had an ex-boyfriend who, every time he came to pick me up to go out, whether we were going paddleboarding or going out to dinner or to you know watch some live music or go dancing you know he would enter the house on his own and then i would be upstairs and i would make this this big you know descent down the staircase and the way he would look at me and receive me as i came down that staircase made me feel like i was the most exquisite majestic thing he had ever seen in his life and that made me feel so incredibly beautiful just that it felt so legit to me that he was very deeply affected by My effort to look good for him every single time I came downstairs.
0: Yeah, as a man, I completely agree with you in that if we say it, we mean it. And, And I'll add to that, I'll take it a step further and say that the words we say are the actual words that we mean. <laughs> yeah. Meaning you don't have to dissect it and try to interpret it and figure out the meaning behind it. Because as we said in the beginning, we're easy to operate,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Which means that what we say is what we mean in general. Yes. Now, here's where we do struggle as men. Where we struggle is we don't always voice those things. But that doesn't True. mean we're not thinking of them. And so my advice to the men is, when you see her come down the staircase and it flashes in your mind, she looks really beautiful, say it. Yeah. Don't just think it. And, and even I'm actually pretty good at this. I voice these things a lot. But even sometimes I catch myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, it actually happened recently. I don't even remember what it was. And, uh, and the woman said something and I was like, you know, I totally thought that. <laughs> and for, for whatever reason, it just didn't make it out of my mouth, you know.
1: <laughs> That's a pain point for me. That's a pain point for me, for sure. I definitely wish men would vocalize more. And I have, this is something where, again, going back to that very first point men are easy to operate. If you tell a man, hey, I I love hearing these things, um, men will typically do a better job of being more vocal with it. We, we if just, you think it, say it.
0: We just, we haven't been trained as men to vocalize things like this. Mm-hmm. We just haven't, you know, it, it, it's somewhat related to the whole don't talk about your feelings kind of thing, you know, it's like yeah. when we see you come down the stairs and we we feel this like thing right here, we're like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. I can't believe she's actually going out with me kind of thing, which is like <laughs> something that will go through our minds, you know, yeah. but we're, we're, we're not taught to really feel it, to really own it and to vocalize it. And so that, that's something as men that we just need to work on. So,
1: like, ladies i would say that if you want to get more of these compliments one of the things that you can do is when a man does compliment you take the time to tell him not just don't don't just say thanks but say thank you and then explain why that compliment was so valuable for you so if he says wow you look absolutely stunning today say oh my goodness thank you so much it means so much for me to hear that because you know, I, I put a lot of effort into making sure that, you know, I look good for you t- tonight. So it really touches me that, you know, you you appreciate what you see. Um, but tell them why their their compliments are so important to you. I've heard it said that, you know, you can compliment a man once uh, in a lifetime and, and that will last him. <laughs> or, but a woman wants to be complimented every day. And Women get flooded with a lot of what I would call kind of fake or insincere compliments. You know, women will just say, oh, you look so cute. Oh, you look beautiful. Even if they they don't, they say it just to be nice sometimes. You know, I see this a lot. And men typically give only truly sincere compliments. And so that's why, for me, they carry so much weight.
0: Yeah, you're right. Women towards other women will mm-hmm. often say a lot of things and in the back of their mind, they're thinking, God, that looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> men don't do that. It, it, men yeah. will, men will either, uh, not say anything at all. Yeah. Or if they say it, they mean <laughs> it in, in general, that that's pretty true. I agree. Um, okay. Uh, number eight, they do the hard jobs that make life
2: livable.
1: Yeah, all I'm saying on this one, I know we're we're close on time here, so I'll make it short. But all I'm saying on this one is that when you look at a lot of the, these jobs, like roofers, the uh, the people who are uh, working on those electrical poles that keep our businesses and our homes up and running, plumbers, plumbers, electricians. Um, even, you know, we live in Southern California, so we probably don't see a lot of this, but there's like miners and loggers and, you know, there are people who are working in our sewage system. There are people, trash collectors. I noticed that all of the, these these roles are performed by men. And I know people say, well, are there are women who could go into these jobs. Yeah, and maybe they do, but in my experience from what I have seen of women who have gone into either the police academy or the fire academy, they typically don't stay very long. But men will make a lifelong career out of this, and they do it even though the job is not fun, is not easy, it is dirty, it is hard on their bodies physically, they are wearing their bodies out, they're putting themselves into dangerous situations. Um, I know, you know, people who work on electric electric poles. There are a lot of deaths and mortalities that occur from doing that type of work. And yet, these men are signing up and making the, these job, their, jobs their career. Basically, the bottom line on this is the fact that men do these jobs. It makes our life livable. Imagine if we didn't have any men who were doing these jobs. What would your life be be like? I mean, I had my AC installed. Uh, last year. And it had to be hauled overhead through a small compartment in my attic. I can't imagine women showing up and doing that labor.
0: Um, Yeah. So, you know, are are there some women that do those jobs? Absolutely. We're not saying that women aren't capable of doing these things, but I can tell you the overwhelming majority of women in this world do not want to do these things. They don't. Because if they did, they'd be signing up to go do it. And you're right. In, in professions like that, they are overwhelmingly man, uh, uh, men. men that are doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they, they are willing to do a lot of the dirty-ass jobs that nobody wants to do because somebody has to do it.
1: Yeah, it's that sense of duty once mm-hmm. again. So if you like the fact that your car is running and your home has you know got re- remodeled and you have a, a working roof and electricity and plumbing and all that good stuff, you probably have a man to thank for that, so. Indeed. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, number nine, how they show respect for others.
1: Okay, this story actually just happened to me last week and I love it. I was out at a dance studio, started chatting with a, a young guy, and as we progressed in the conversation at one point, I said, oh, I said, by the way, what, what's your name? And he immediately removed his hat and then shook his hand and introduced himself. And I was absolutely floored because he removed his hat, which is something that we don't see men do anymore. And he was just wearing a baseball hat. So... I immediately complimented him on this and said, wow, I'm so impressed that, you know, you would remove your hat." And he said, "Well, yeah, if he hadn't done that, uh, his friends would have come over and smacked his hat off of his head and said, "What are you doing? You're being disrespectful." So this he's is
0: He's got uh, some good friends. He's got some amazing <laughs> friends.
1: And so there's two parts of the story that I love. One that he was, you know, staying true to a traditional part of social etiquette that has been long lost, but I also appreciated that his friends would have been willing to even though they may have done it directly, I think it's fine to do it discreetly after the fact as well, but would have called him out and said, dude, you're being disrespectful. We need to do better. So I appreciate that whether it's something as simple as that type of etiquette or even just opening doors for someone, uh, you know, offering to help that men definitely have a, a tradition or an ethic of just being very respectful to women and other men.
0: Well, they should. I hope they do. And, and you know what? Uh, he was right. We wouldn't wait for him to finish the internet. we go over there and knock <laughs> that hat off his head. Thank you. <laughs> it's just kind of the way we are as men. But, <laughs> mm. but yeah, I mean, you, you should be showing respect for others. I mean, you should be showing respect for everybody, but certainly, uh, especially you should be showing respect for the women in your life. So yeah. Okay. Last one, which is almost perfect timing. Yes. They're willing to fight, defend and take a stand.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, even to your earlier point about having a CCW, I think that's something that is. Very impressive that men are willing to um, go through the the training and the the process of getting licensed to to do that. I know it's a bit of a process, but it, it I, is here in California. <laughs> it is in California. <laughs> but there there's something about men when they have high standards and they have strong principles, and when they are unwavering in those. The reason this is so impressive to me is because a man who has high standards and solid principles is a man I can trust. I have found that men who have those values, are someone who I can feel completely relaxed around because I know exactly who he is as a man. I know that things like his loyalty to me will never be compromised. Why? Because he has standards and, and principles that don't allow for that. So this is something that I notice repeatedly with men where they say, I'm not okay with that, or that's not okay, or this is my boundary. And those men to me are absolutely phenomenal in my eyes.
0: Here's something that I've experienced recently that I've found to be interesting and that I've really appreciated, which is that, you know, when Celine and I were together, I knew exactly how she felt about, you know, guns and protection and, and that sort of thing. And I knew she was totally on board with all of that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But outside of that, you know, now that she's not here anymore, the reality is, is that we live in Southern California. Yeah. And, you know, if you're listening outside of, you know, you live somewhere that's not in California or say not in New York City, you, you, you know what I mean. Most of the country looks at California like we're a bunch of whack jobs and crazy people because there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, but the reason I bring that up is because um, I have I was unsure how other women would react to the fact that I do carry.
2: hmm
0: and so, you know, there were times where maybe at first I didn't bring it with me because it's like, ah, I don't want to end up having that conversation right now yeah. or or whatever. But here's what I found. I have found that overwhelmingly, even women that I thought for sure were going to be anti-gun hippie types have all appreciated the fact that I do carry. And so I've gotten more comfortable now around other women being like, okay, it's, it's not a it's not a problem. Now, honestly, anybody that did have a big problem with it isn't somebody that I would really want to date anyway. But you don't know when you're just meeting people and you're getting to know them, like, you know, what, how is she going to react with that? And I've been pleasantly surprised that the, the, the few um, women that, ha- that that I've either spent time with, uh, or even talked about it with, mm-hmm. uh, have been like, Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. There's a tremendous responsibility to having that CCW. And I have found that men who do really do take that very seriously. And they really know that that is going to be a last resort for them. And they are prepared to do everything up to, you know, having to resort to that. So there's something there where, Again, it goes back to having the, those strong principles and standards.
0: Yeah, you know, there's an interesting thing just, just speaking about CCWs in general. So they've done some studies on this because whenever there's gun violence problems, the first thing any uh, politician wants to do is take away all the concealed carry licenses, right? In sure. fact, uh, the governor of New Mexico just did that recently where she basically said, I'm suspending the Second Amendment for 30 days in, in one of the counties in uh, in uh, New Mexico, Um, But they actually did a study on this years ago, and they basically looked at um, crime statistics. So like, what is the percentage of people that commit certain types of crimes? And they looked at the average population, and then they looked at people who held concealed carry licenses, Mm -hmm. and they found that the rate of crime in general, but especially violent crime and gun-related crime, was significantly lower in the population of people that had concealed carry licenses than in the general population. We're not talking criminal population, just the general population. Mm -hmm. As somebody who is a concealed carry uh, license holder, I, I completely understand that because, like you said, knowing what it takes to go through all of that these are people that take it very seriously. These are people that train on a regular basis. These are people who have morals and standards and boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So of yeah. course, you know, they're going to be less likely to abuse it than mm-hmm. say somebody who doesn't have those same standards. So yeah. it's just an interesting fact about that, that kind of uh, goes along with the point that you were making.
1: Yeah. I think as a woman, we have a primary dr- drive and desire to feel safe uh, and protected. And so, a man who is willing to have standards and principles and who is willing to take a stand and defend himself or his woman is is extremely important for us, just knowing that he has the willingness and the ability to do so, even if he doesn't necessarily have to act on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did an entire episode on this show about uh, women's need for feeling safe yes. and, and in all the different ways that safety can, mm-hmm. can manifest. So yeah. if... If you're curious about why that's so important, go listen to that show. But you're also hearing it here firsthand from Karen about how important that, that feeling of safety is. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is, you know, although we live in probably one of the physically safest errors of human history, mm-hmm. it's still a dangerous world out there. And mm-hmm. there is a reality that there is a physical power dynamic that's different between men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Men in general are physically more capable and more powerful than women. And so what that means is for those of us who are good men, we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to even that imbalance of power out, right? So yeah. what that means is defend the those who can't defend themselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So that was amazing. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing the uh, 10 things, uh, the 10 qualities that you love in men. I know there's a whole lot more than 10. You're doing a whole long series on this. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Why don't you tell people where they can find out more about this series, where they can find out more about your work? Uh, You're a writer also, so where can they Mm -hmm. read the the things that you write?
1: Yes, so I have a website, karen-k-a-y-e. So karen-k.com and that will link you to all of the uh, stories that I write as well as my Instagram channel where I post all of the, the reels. All of my work um, on things I love and adore about men are really short. They're, they're quick and easy, usually under two minutes. And so I will take a specific thing that I have really appreciated about men that day and post that. And I do ask that if you're seeing something that you think would lift and brighten the spirit of, of another man that you, you share that. Uh, So we need, we, we definitely need some intervention with uh, putting some good vibes and some good energy for all of the men out there. Right now, there are a lot of men who are feeling very beaten down. Their spirits have been broken. They're not hearing anything positive that is assuring them that they are doing something good in this world or something that is being appreciated. So this is a very small and easy way to do that. So tag a man in. If you're following me, tag a man, share it, and let's uh, work together to get some good messaging out there to show men that they truly are still loved and appreciated by at least women like me. (laughs) At least there's one of us. You know, I I keep hearing, one of the messages I keep hearing is that I'm one of the first people who, I'm one of the very first voices they've really heard saying anything positive about men. And that saddens me tremendously. But I think we we can fix that by inspiring other people to maybe be a little more mindful and appreciative about just how amazing and what a phenomenal contribution men really are to our lives as women and also to society in general.
0: Well, I think there are a lot more women out there who feel the same way you do. They just, in the, in the current society, probably don't feel safe enough to come out and say so. So thank you for doing this work. Thank you for thank voicing you. this and, and putting it out there and doing what you can to help heal the relationship between men and women. So absolutely. Um, I have one last question absolutely. for you, which I know you listen to the show, so I'm sure you heard this question asked a few times oh, before. No. But yeah, what is your best sexual talent?
1: I suspected <laughs> I would get asked this question. Oh my god, I wasn't sure if I was going to be evading this one or not. Um, okay, so. This is, so I'm going to go slightly, maybe slightly tangential on this if I can. Um, <laughs> but someone had just told me actually the other day, they had mentioned that the way that I hug and I embrace a man um, is, is very healing for them. And I was thinking about kind of the aftermath, you know, after sex, you know, you oftentimes are having that, that cuddling time. And one of the things that I really love to do, this will probably sound a little weird, but especially if I'm facing his back, yeah, you know, to really just cuddle up into him and to infuse his body with with just love and a sense of him feeling safe and cared for and protected. And I feel like, you know, in the aftermath that's when a man is probably at his most vulnerable state. And so that's a moment where I just like to try to infuse him with as much of that energy as I can. So kind of using my energy, whether it's just giving, you know, a hello hug to someone. Or, you know, in the aftermath of sex, you know, to really share and infuse him with as much good energy and love and care as I can. So I hope that wasn't dodging the question too much. But.
0: <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's no right or wrong answers to that question. So you can answer it however you want. I think that's a beautiful thing that you do at the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I, I'm sure that you have more talents than that. But <laughs> but I'm glad that you shared what you were comfortable Uh, Yeah, in sharing.
1: Yeah, that that, that one works for me.
0: All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you one last time for coming on the show and sharing uh, the gifts that you have to share.
1: Thank you so much. It was truly an honor and a privilege to be here. So very, absolutely delighted. I hope that we can work together to help restore, you know, these broken beaten down spirits of, of men. They're absolutely amazing, phenomenal creatures on this earth. We are so blessed to have them And I want us to do a better job of celebrating them. So I hope others join me in doing so.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, that's all the time that we have for this episode. And I will see you next week.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, everyone.
0: We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends.
1: And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at celineremycom forward slash vault. That's celinerem dot com forward slash vault.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: And remember, you're amazing.